everybody, I'm Adam Platten. Welcome to Unleash Your Greatness. Today, we're going to be talking about finding your passion and living the life you love with my special guest, Sarah Weaver. The question people often ask themselves is, is there more for me out there? Am I capable of more, of doing more, of being more, and having greater success in this life? The answer to that question is yes. I believe that everybody has greatness within themselves and that success leaves clues. And if we can take those clues, we can unlock the greatness within ourselves. I'm Adam Platt, and welcome to Unleash Your Greatness. Welcome everybody to Unleash Your Greatness, and today I'm excited to have a guest speaker or a person on my show, and her name is Sarah Weaver, and she has traveled for the last five years and gone around to 40 different countries. She works remotely, and she has amazing insight in how to live your life to the fullest while going out and living your dreams and traveling around the world. So, Sarah, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. I hope you're having a great day. Oh, by the way, she lives right now in New Zealand. She got there right before COVID, so she's been traveling around and visiting all the different sites and places in New Zealand, which sounds amazing. It's definitely one of my places on my bucket list to visit. I've not been there yet, but I plan to. So Sarah, welcome. I appreciate you being here. Thanks. Thanks so much, Adam. Yes, travel has been a really large part of my story, and I'm excited to share with people today. And even if traveling is not your thing, I think definitely Adam, you and I will dive into a lot of different topics that I think even non-travelers will gain a lot of value from. But definitely, I think a lot of people out there, um, especially in this current climate, are dreaming and daydreaming about traveling. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know that uh, my wife and I, we love to travel. Um, we were supposed to go to Italy and Paris this last summer, and it got canceled. And then we were supposed to go up to Canada, that got canceled. And Anyways, um, it's awesome that you actually got somewhere that you, it's beautiful, you love, to, and you can go around and sightsee why this whole COVID issue is going on still, but uh, I agree, like, I I think that, like you said, a lot of people are at home and they're dreaming about, you know, what their life can be and places that they can uh, visit. I think the world is a beautiful place. There's so many amazing things to see. I know I have, like, uh, pictures that I save on my phone of places I want to go visit like Bora Bora and Fiji and me and my wife love tropical places if you can't tell but um, New Zealand, Australia, all kinds of amazing places that we would love to go. So tell me a little bit about how you got into this space. You you sell or excuse me, you buy properties and then uh, you own them to rent or I guess, right? Is that, Am I getting that right? <laughs> Yep, correct. Yep, I own I own rentals in the US and those create streams of passive income. In addition to that, I do also work full-time for a real estate brokerage remotely, helping people do the same thing. So helping people buy rental property in places that they don't live. Um, so for example, if you're based in Seattle and you want to buy a rental in Ohio, or Oklahoma, my team kind of helps facilitate that relationship. And so I'm a really strong believer in building different passive streams of income so that you can eventually have passive income so that you can choose to do what you want with your day. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I agree. That's, that's amazing. 
So um, I know you shared a little bit of your story with me when we talked the other day, and I want to kind of highlight some of those things. Number one is while you were growing up, your parents always, they wanted you to use your 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 brain to go out and make money, right? And and to work smarter, not harder type mentality, I, I think is how you put it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, and so tell me a little bit about that. What was what was behind the thought process of your parents kind of leading you in that direction? And then what drove you to where, what you do today? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm really lucky that both of my parents are incredibly hard workers. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw a lot of what they do and decided, okay, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to work manual labor and I don't want to not set myself up for a retirement plan. And so I really saw a lot of the things that they weren't doing as a kid. I think as kids, I mean, you know, you have five daughters. I think we're really quick to point out what our parents are doing wrong. Um, And now as I've, you know, gained all of this wisdom, as I've gotten older, I've really started to see all the things that they did really well. And both of my parents are incredible at human connection. They're great communicators. My dad's an incredible storyteller. And so they empowered me with a lot of these skills and then set me up in a situation where I could hone those skills. So they sent me to a good school. They specifically lived in a great school district. It was public school, but it was very intentional. I realized later on that they lived in that neighborhood so that they could send me to a good school. And they pushed without pushing. So I think I'm the type of person, if you tell me what to do, I I skirt the rules and I do the opposite. And so they really kind of just let me go. Um, they, They weren't the kind of parents to ask me about my homework or, hey, did I finish that essay? I noticed after school that a lot of my friends' parents were like that. They were kind of on top of them. There's now a term for it called helicopter parenting. Right. When I was growing up, that that term didn't exist. Um, and and I saw that with my friend's parents. Like they knew what my friend's class schedule was. And I was lucky if my friend, if my parents knew like a couple of my teachers' names and a couple of my friends' names. And not to say that they weren't involved, they were incredible incredibly involved parents, but they just focus their energy on other things. And I realize now that that was really intentional and I'm really grateful for that. And then back to what you said is that my, my grandfather, I remember him specifically telling me work with your head and not your hands. And he's a retired farmer and he knows what a hard day's work is. Uh, We were just talking yesterday uh, about getting too much sun and he's like, Oh, you know, us farmers, we're always out there. And that's exactly how I remember growing up. My dad, my grandfather was always out in the field working. And so I really took kind of a culmination of all of that advice and, and just really focused on how can I create and build wealth using my brain rather than doing something with my hands. Yeah. Very cool. And so I remember talking with a gentleman, I, I, when I, in my younger years, I'm, I'm probably, I don't know exactly how old you are and I won't ask, but I'm, I'm getting up there five daughters, like you said, and uh, my oldest is 19. So I'm obviously not super young. I'm balding. Uh, but I remember when I was younger, I had a job. I was manual labor. I did tile work for, for a living for a few years. And it was really hard. It was hard on my body. I'd come home every day, kind of sore. My back hurt. My knees hurt. My knees still are not what they used to be because of that. Um, and it's really tough on you. But I remember talking to a gentleman, and, and he was an engineer. He was really 
very successful in his career as an engineer. And he said, you know, I always believe that people should have two, two trades. They should learn something manually, you know, that you can do with your hands. And you should also learn something that you can use your brain with. And that's kind of stuck with me because I've, I have done uh, tile work in the past where maybe we were struggling financially and I need to earn a little extra money. Some job would pop up and I'd do it. And, and it's helped me. But I don't think there's anything wrong with, like you said, to to go out and use your head and and do the things that create, you know, passive income or have a, a, your own business or or work really well in a, a field that takes more brain power. I, obviously, we need the people to do the, the manual stuff or else we wouldn't function as a society. But I think it's really empowering to think that uh, we don't have to just be this brute force of going in and if because it's hard on your body and tough. And so, and your grandfather is a perfect example of, you know, he realizes what the, probably the toll it's taken on his body being a farmer of all the, the careers in the world. I would say that's probably one of the hardest on your body ever because you're, you're always doing something, you know, manual or, you know, you're, you're doing hay or you're milking the cows or all kinds of stuff. So tough on your body and they're up from, the time the the sun rises till the sun sets usually it's such a such a an honorable way to make a living but so hard at the same time um anyways i just i love the fact that you're uh out there and you're you're talking about how it's it's so empowering to use your brain to make money and that it doesn't always need to be uh you know, this physical labor intensive career. And another thing I, number one, I think everybody is, there's nothing wrong with having a manual labor job. I think they're needed. I think everybody, at least especially young men need to do something physical in their younger years to get a, a sense of gratitude. And the fact that maybe I don't want to do manual labor my whole life because it is hard. But, um, so Kind of take me on your path from your parents empower you from, uh, you know, to to use your brain, to get a job in real estate, to where you decided, like, hey, I want to go and travel the world, like, and, and work remotely. Like, that's awesome. I think so many people have that dream of traveling the world. My wife and I have talked. I just recently, this last year, finished uh, the four-hour work week by Tim Ferriss, where it's all about you know, going and traveling and going on what he calls mini retirements throughout your life instead of waiting until you're 65, 70 years old and, and you don't feel good to go and travel anymore. Um, and so my wife and I have talked about how it would be so fun to pull the kids out of school and travel the world and, and see all these different amazing places. So I, I guess I'm and really curious. That, yeah, And I love that you mentioned Tim Ferriss's book because in any digital nomad, which is what we kind of call ourselves, yep, yep. us people that work from our computer and any digital nomad has read that book. And oh, yeah. it's kind of like any real estate investor has read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And mm -hmm. those are kind of the two books that I read when I was um, in, I think I read one of them when I was in high school and one of them when I was in university and they were life-changing. And it yeah. really was very intentional what I did with my career path from there. I, I got a journalism degree and I could have worked at a local paper. Um, I did for a semester. I interned at a local paper, realized really quickly that wasn't what I wanted. And I think that that's what a lot of your 20s should be about. It should be yeah. about figuring out what you don't want. 
Um, I think True. people are so wrapped up of like, oh, I have to know what I want to do with my life because I, if I go the wrong way, then I'll end up over here. But the reality is, is that your 20s and even your 30s should be figuring out what you don't want. And, and that's really what I did. So I worked really briefly at a local paper, realized really quickly that wasn't what I wanted. And then while I was in university, I was lucky enough to study abroad. And then my poor parents, I, I dropped out of university for a semester to go backpacking and wow. really full circle. It's funny. I actually came to New Zealand on that trip wow. um, and you have a 19 year old. And so I was 19 years old. And I paid for everything on my own. And so I didn't really give my parents the opportunity to give me permission. I just told them what I was doing and I got on a plane. And it's funny. Now I meet 19 year olds and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> like that is really young. Oh, but I, no. I didn't get into any trouble. I, I really had my wits about me. I figured it out. Mm. I didn't run out of money. Um, and I had this incredible life experience. And from that experience, I decided two things. One is that I would go back to university and I would get a degree. And then the second is that I would focus on working remotely and or living abroad. And so my entire essentially career has been doing that. I, I got an internship living abroad. I got an internship working at Sports Illustrated where there was lots of travel involved. Yeah. And then I taught English in South Korea. Wow. <laughs> From there, I came back to the States. I followed love back to the States and um, learned that real estate is a really good way to make money. And that I had a lot of the skill set to make me really successful in the industry. And so I, which is something I'd love to dive deeper in is kind of finding yeah. what you're good at. And, and I followed real estate and then realized that there was an opportunity to be in real estate, which is typically a very location dependent industry. I mean, you're buying yeah. actual property that sits on a ground, right. um, but you can do it from anywhere. And now I work full time helping people invest out of state and now out of country um, because I truly believe that you can live where you want and invest where the numbers make sense. And my, I always joke that my, my resume looks quite random as I've, as I just walked you through like a 10 year history <laughs> in 20 seconds. Um, but it's all, as I think about it, it was all so intentional. Like mm. I didn't do anything by accident. Everything I did was I want to work at a top five publication. So then I got a job at Sports Illustrated. I want to live in a non-English speaking country. So I taught English in Korea. I want to be my own boss, which is kind of laughable now that I know about real estate, but I became a real estate agent. Then I wanted to be location independent. And I wrote in my journal, I am location independent. And within eight days, I landed a job that I worked for four and a half years wow. where I traveled with that job. I traveled to 22 countries, I believe, working from those countries, <laughs> from wow. cafes and co-working spaces and cool. Airbnbs, you name it. That's awesome. And I, I love the concept of being intentional on what you want in life because I think so many times people, uh, they they want something, but they don't really set that intention. They don't really, and I, I love the fact that you said, I wrote it in your my journal that you wanted to be a, a remote, uh, you know, have a, a I can't remember the term you just used. Well, well, not not even that I want it, but I said that I am. You like, are. I yes, am yes. location independent. Yeah. And that's something that I, that's not from me. I learned that from someone else where sure. they said, don't say like, I will lose 10 pounds or I will be an, I will quit smoking. You say like, I am a non-smoker. 
Like yep. I am an athlete. I am a writer, not I'm going to write a book. <laughs> yeah, bring it into present tense instead of future tense. Because if it's future tense, you're never going to uh, feel like it's possible, right? Like, oh, maybe I'll do it one day, but it's not like, yeah, no, I love that. Make it present tense. I am a traveling real estate agent. I am a whatever, a, a nomad, a traveling nomad or, or uh, yeah, a, a digital nomad, I think is what you said. Um, yeah. And for some of your listeners, like th- that might sound really unappetizing, like, oh, I don't want to travel to 40 countries. Then then that doesn't have to be what your sure. thing is. Maybe it's I I am a really good dad. Yeah. And yeah. I'm a great achievement coach. I change people's lives. Yep. I spread joy anywhere that I go. These these things of intention don't have to be these really grandiose, like I'm going to run a six minute mile. Maybe that's not for you. Mm-hmm. And your definition of a really great life is different than your neighbor. And it's actually probably different than who you were a year ago. Right. And that's what I think about is always reinventing. Like, what do I actually want? Because sometimes the goals that we're chasing that we're not achieving are ones that actually aren't all that important to us. True. Don't you find that? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and that, uh, and that's why it's so for me when I when I think about goals, I think number one, you've got to set big goals. I, I believe in absolutely shooting for the stars and and going for your dreams. And two, you need to set the intention, like you said. I am, you know, like you say, I want to. I am running a marathon. I am, uh, you know, whatever it is you want. But then you also need to connect with that goal at a deeper level. So that, because for instance, for me, when I say I want, so last year I ran a thousand miles. That was one of my big goals was I wanted to run a thousand miles. And when I said, I want to run a thousand miles, uh, it sounds like a big, for, for the hardcore runners, it's probably not a big deal because they, they go out and run like 10, 20 miles a day. But for me, that was a big goal. And so I said, okay, I want to, I want to run a thousand miles during the year. But then when I went to and break it down and and say okay i i have to do 20 miles a week you know 19 miles a week and if i do 5 days a week running it's only 4 miles a time every day that i go running that's that's not undoable right but then i really had to uh, come to a conclusion of why do i want to do that and the reason why i wanted to do that is one because i've usually in the past been a fair weather runner where you know, March time frame when it starts getting warm here in Utah, I, I'll go out and run and then I'll run usually till about September, October time frame when it starts getting cold. I usually will go on a run on Thanksgiving just because I can say I did it. But um, usually there's about four or five months out of the year that I don't really do a lot of running. So I'm like, I want to run so that one, I'm active all year. Two, I have more energy and three, just so I feel better, like about myself. I, you know, I've, I lose weight. I feel better about like, I'm actually doing something and you have to connect with that. Because if I had just said, I don't want to run a thousand miles because it sounds cool. Those mornings at five o'clock in the morning when my alarm goes off and it's cold outside, guess what I'm going to do if I'm not connected to that goal, I'm going to roll over and go back to bed because I don't want to get up and go out in the cold. So you have to connect and understand that why you want that goal. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's amazing. And, uh, yeah, setting that intention for 
any goal. It doesn't have to be, like you say, traveling the world. It can be totally anything that you want in your life. And really what goals come down to, goals for me when I think about goals is just a lifestyle change. That's what, if you break down any goal, it's all about a new a shift in your lifestyle. If you want to be healthier, you have to do something differently. If you want to go on more trips, it's a lifestyle change. You need to save money or come up with a way of funding it. That's a lifestyle change. Any goal, if you want greater connection with your, uh, your kids or your spouse or your significant others, it's a lifestyle change. It's all about having the lifestyle that you want and then connecting with that lifestyle. So for me, 100%. I I think you have to figure out who do you want to be? And then what does a person that is that, what kind of things do they do? Are they disciplined? Are they diligent? Are they efficient? Are they kind? Um, I think that when you start focusing on who you want to become, then the, the habits and the activities that follow, they become not, not necessarily easier, but the intention is set that you're not, you're not running a thousand miles so that you can be mentioned in your local paper, right? That that's not, you're running a thousand miles because you want to prove to yourself that you're disciplined and that your health is important. And I love that, that you're setting that expectation, not only for yourself, but also for your kids that like, look, when we set ourselves to a goal, we do it because being a fair weather, anything, whether it's a fair weather student or a fair weather parent, or even for me, a fair weather investor, if I'm only analyzing deals when I want to, then I'm not truly focusing on being the best investor that I can be. So you have to do things when they're hard. And the really cool thing, as Glennon Doyle says, is like, we can do hard things. And I bet that when you were finished with it last year and you had ran a thousand miles, you were like, wow, like I can run when it's miserably cold out or when I frankly don't want to. And so imagine what what happens the next time you have a task that it maybe isn't running, but that you don't want to do. You can look back and say like, no, 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 I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. agree a hundred percent. And I... I totally, that's one of the philosophies I live by is you can do hard things. We actually tell our kids that all the time um, because I I firmly believe that. And uh, I think lots of times we don't give ourselves enough credit of what we've accomplished in life. We're we're always looking in the future like, oh, it's going to be so hard if I want to do this or that or accomplish this. But if you really look back at your life and say, you know what, I done some pretty cool things and Mm -hmm some of those really hard things. Like for me growing up, I was, when I was young, I was very shy. I had a learning disability. So I felt like the dumb kid in class and looking, you know, back at that, I had obviously some limiting beliefs I had imposed on myself. But when I got older, luckily I had people who inspired me and a wife who, who pushed me to go get a higher education. So I went and got a bachelor's degree. And then a few years later, I got a a master's degree in business. I never for once ever thought I would be that person to to get a degree in, in higher education. But looking back, it's like, you know, it wasn't easy. And I did it though. And I, I failed. I didn't fail, but I got a, a, a C minus in my finance class. I had to retake it because I had to get at least a C to pass it. And that was hard. Like I, at that point, I remember thinking to my, or telling my wife, like, maybe this, maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe I'm not going to be able to do this. And she said, no, you can do it. You just got to keep going. And so I had to pay the money to take the class again. And 
And of course, I got to end up getting an A minus the next time because one, <laughs> maybe I just needed like to absorb more of it than I did the first time. But uh, and I came up with a plan of how I was going to redo that class and accomplish that goal. But looking back, it's like we always have so many things in our life that we can look back and say, I accomplished some amazing things in my life. I overcame some amazing things in my life. And we don't give ourselves credit for that. And and Adam, what I love about that story is that your heart is so different from my heart. Yeah, so I, I, I've, I've, I don't have a shy bone in my body <laughs> and, and school came, certain parts of school came really easy to me. Sure. But when you talk about running and you're talking about running four miles a day, I'm like, I don't know if I could run four miles a week. <laughs> um, but also I think that I, that's also, I'm going to call myself out. I think that that's a limiting belief yeah. is that I keep telling myself, oh, I'm not a runner. Oh, I'm not an athlete. But I bet if I started self-talking and saying like, no, Sarah, you are a runner. Mm -hmm. Like, because my running is going to look different than yours. Yeah. But I, I think that I encourage people to look at what's hard for them isn't going to be hard for someone next to them. So a lot of yeah. people think that me traveling alone abroad is brave. And for me, I just buy a plane ticket and I show up to the airport and I, you know, hand my boarding pass to the gate agent, just like everybody else. Um, but so for me, it's not hard. Yeah. But for someone else, that might be like one of the most difficult things that they've ever done. And True. so I think oftentimes we don't self-reflect enough to look at how great we are in just the things that we're doing well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's such great insight for sure. And I, I agree 100%. Everybody has their thing that is hard for them. You're your heart is different than my heart and, and vice versa. And everybody, I, I remember I watched, um, there's a gentleman I follow. His name is the iron cowboy. Um, he's a, a triathlon, uh, runner and, or triathlete, I guess you would say. And he's got a really super inspiring story. He holds world records for the most, uh, iron man's that he's done in a year. And he also accomplished something that he calls the 50, 50, 50, which is, um, he did 50 full Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states. So every day he'd go to a new state. Um, anyways, long story short, he, he's got a really inspiring story. And so I follow him and, and you know, just it's amazing what he's accomplished. But and he has a documentary on Amazon or Netflix that you can watch called The Iron Cowboy. And uh, one of the things he talks about in there is just like you said, he he um, his mother showed up for the last five days, I think, of his his journey of doing the 50-50-50. And she's not a, you know, she was an older woman and she wasn't like a super fit woman. And she ran the last 5K of every of his uh, full marathons that you do at a triathlon, right? And she ran that with him and she was always the last person to finish. And he was so proud of her. And he said exactly what you said is, you know, your heart, his mom's heart is so different than his heart. His heart was doing 50 Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states where her heart is running a 5K and finishing it. So, yeah, we sometimes we compare ourselves to other people like, oh, I didn't have to go through, you know, this horrific uh, childhood of, you know, bad parents or whatever, or. Uh, I don't have this backstory, but everybody has a story of something hard that's for them, like you said. And so I, I love that 
mindset of keeping that and and that self-talk that we do to ourselves like when you were saying i'm not a runner like anybody can change that mindset anytime and shift it so uh yeah thank you for sharing that um any other comments on on that or oh your well your little story brought i haven't cried on a podcast yet but your story brought me <laughs> tears that, that's so touching that that mother was able to do that with her son yeah i just think wow like what a powerful journey to be able to do that together yeah. i think that that's really really cool very cool yeah it, it's a super inspiring story and, and he's a he's a really fun guy to listen to and, and he goes around and talks to people he's um his name is James Lawrence. He's 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 great. I'll give him a shout out just because we talked about him. But um, he's, he's yeah, absolutely. Fun, you, have, so. you have to get him on the podcast. I, I would love to. He's he's he would be amazing. But um, so yeah. go ahead. No, I I just think I to anyone as well. I think something that I do a lot is I compare myself to people that are twenty steps ahead of me. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. So so as an as someone that invests in real estate, it obviously takes quite a bit of money, or at least people think. And so I used to compare myself to people that have 10, 20, 100 units. Yeah. Um, and the reality is, is that I can't compare myself to them, that your journey is so different than their journey. Also, you can't compare your year one to someone else's year 13, yes, yes. that that's not, that's not helpful to you. That's not helpful to them. Right. And so also for anyone trying to maybe get into running is I'm going to compare myself to that incredible mother who got up and did that five days in a row. Yep. And I'm not going to, I'm in no mindset or near or desire to, to do an Ironman, let alone right. 50. <laughs> and so I think if I compared myself to James, then I would be setting myself up for failure. But if I can compare myself to his mother and be like, okay, if she did that, yeah. then like surely I could run a 5K this week. Right. And I probably could. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And and you're, you're so right. We, we so often compare ourselves to people who are ahead in their journey in that one thing. And we're like, we need to be who they are. And you can't overnight. Sure, eventually. Yeah. Like if I wanted to go and run – an Ironman, I could train. I could get to the point where I could do an Ironman. I, at one time, was toying with the idea of doing Ironman. I may still eventually, but right now I, I got other priorities. But um, at any time, I could just say, you know what, I'm going to start this year training for an Ironman, and I'm going to do an Ironman. And so, but to do 50 Ironmans in 50 days in 50 states would be probably way out of my scope of uh things that I would want to do as well. It doesn't mean I probably yeah. couldn't do it if I really, you know, hunkered down and trained for it. But yeah, I, yeah, we, we, and I think in a world where we see TV stars and social media and all these people doing all these amazing things. And like, if I were to go look at your, uh, your Instagram and you have all these amazing pictures of all these cool places you've been, I could be like, Oh, I so want to be there in those places and stuff. Well, you made a conscious decision to go out and do it. And I could do that too if I wanted to, right? Anybody can do that. You just yeah. have to and, decide. And, and that's something that I hear a lot is, oh, you're so lucky. Oh, I wish I could do that. Right. And and don't, don't mistake what I'm about to say for ungratefulness or, or not being humble because I am incredibly grateful for my journey. Sure. Um, but I really do believe that if traveling is important to someone – 
then they can make it happen. Or if owning a rental property is important to someone, they can make it happen. It might not be comfortable and it might not be easy, but it's possible. Um, And I I think that this is a good segue into if if there's a goal that you have, then I think one of the best ways to get there is to kind of take inventory is what I call it. So you take inventory of what you have and then take inventory of what you need and then start making a roadmap to getting there. So for me, I knew that I wanted to own an investment property and I had real estate experience. So I knew the real estate contract. I had a little bit of money, like under $17,000, which was, I mean, that's good money at 26, um, but it's, it's not a lot of money. And so I had to do the uncomfortable thing and I had to move to where I wanted to invest because I needed to use what we call an owner occupancy. So you can put less than 20% down if you're gonna live in the house. And so I moved into a house and going back to what you said about manual labor, my dad and I took the entire upstairs of the house down to the studs, the two of us, because we needed to save some money um, (laughs) or I should say I needed to save some money and he's a good dad and he helped me. And, and so I really started to take inventory of what I had. So I had the skill set of finding a house and negotiating a contract. Mm. I had the skill set of my dad's experience building a house, but I needed to figure out the financing piece. I didn't know how, like I own or occupy a house. I needed to figure out how to become a landlord, how to find tenants, how to be a good real estate investor and not make mistakes financially. Mm. Um, and I had to learn those pieces and my, my dear mentor, Jennifer Beatles, she calls it just in time learning. And I love that because I didn't need to figure out a to Z on day one. Otherwise I could have been stuck three, four years later, still hadn't bought a house because I was so concerned with knowing every piece of the puzzle. And the truth is, is I just learned one step and then I learned the next step and then I learned the next step and then I networked my butt off because I'm not going to learn every ins and outs of investor financing, but instead I'm going to build a relationship with someone that already knows it and bring value to them so that I can text them at three o'clock on a Tuesday. Hey, sorry, I have a really quick question. And they're interested in getting back to me because I've somehow added value to their life whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. I like that inventory. Take, take stock in your inventory of what your abilities are and then start. Like, I think a lot of people, you know, there's the the proverb of a, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Right. And lots of times people are afraid to take that single step towards their goal or their dream. And, and then, understand that not everybody has everything figured out at the beginning. Like you figure it out as you go. And, and I, (laughs) when, when you were talking about how some people find it scary that uh, a single woman would just take her passport and and get on a plane and fly around the country. I think there's a lot of women that would find that scary. Uh, And, but you have this uh, ability to just be like, you know, I want to go do it. And that's such a great, uh, you know, determination, you, you don't, you don't really think about it. And, and obviously you're, you're smart enough to not put yourself in a position where you're going to be in a, a scary 
place or or go to exactly if if we know. want to do a podcast episode on all the bad things that has, has happened to me like we can that's a totally different episode <laughs> but that's not going to help that. anyone like no, telling no, people no. those stories isn't going to bring anyone closer to the life that right. they want um but but i will say that those things have happened sure. i mean i think it would be ignorant for someone to think that they don't happen um but i also think it's probably one of the reasons that i've kept so safe is that I'm aware. I'm yeah. very aware that there's bad people out there and bad things are going to happen. Right. Um, but I wanted to circle back to something that you said. I, I love that um, a, every journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Yep. And I actually changed it to like the life that you want starts with a single email. Mm. Because everything really cool in my life that I've done has started with a text message an Instagram shout out or an email. So wow. I knew that I wanted to work at a really large publication. So I sent a Facebook message to a photographer at the, at the publication and then started a dialogue and was very persistent. I'm going to wow. work for you. You're going to hire me. Cool. And it worked. And then I've done the same thing multiple times. Like, Hey, you have a really cool property. I'd love to come stay there and exchange. Maybe I can house sit and I can stay at your property had a really cool house sitting experience, um, reached out to someone that I admire and said, Hey, I just happened to be in the same town as you next week. Would you be interested in meeting for lunch? Like, I'd love to talk about this, this, and this. And oftentimes they say yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's beautiful in so many ways because number one, so many people are afraid to ask for help or to ask for something that they desire and you're never going to get anything if you don't ask. So that that's one of the things that my wife has been really good in distilling into our children is it doesn't hurt to ask. Like, go and ask. Like, yeah. okay, you, you didn't do well on that test. Go ask your teacher if you can retake it. What are they going to say? No. Okay. Then you're in the same spot you are now. But if they say yes, then you have a chance to make it better. And so she's been really good at distilling that into our kids. And they have that mentality of, I'm going to go ask. I'm going, and they're not, they're not scared to go and ask adults, you know, for advice or for something that they want or go up and say, Hey, I want to buy this or, or whatever. They're not afraid to talk to people now because my wife has been so good at distilling that. And that's a, that's a great uh, tool or insight, I guess, to have going into life for all aspects of your life. It doesn't hurt to ask. It doesn't hurt to send an email. And, and, and just like, you know, you and I, the reason why we connected is because I put a post out there saying, hey, I'm looking for awesome people to be on my podcast. And, and here we are. And I'm learning so many things about you and, and the journey you've been on. And so... Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's such great insight for anybody is just always be willing to put yourself out there, even if it does seem scary. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't hurt to ask for what you want or what you feel like you deserve or need, right? Exactly. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it's turned into a lot of no's and a lot sure. of closed doors and a lot of non-responses, but the ones that have responded, it's always turned into something pretty magical. Yeah. And that's where momentum begins right when those those little opportunities show up in your life because someone does say yes mm -hmm. then you can start getting momentum and so just like the the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single footstep yours is a you know something amazing happens with a single email or post or something like that you get momentum as you start asking 
for what you want or what you need or, and yes, there's going to be no's. There's going to be, that doesn't mean that when you start that journey of a thousand miles that there's not going to be hills you have to climb or there's going to be, uh, you know, rivers you might have to swim through or, or hard things that you have to trek across, but you're never going to get there if you don't start and do something. Right. So you're going to get no's, you're going to get rejection, but you're, going to find people that are willing to help you like you said and so many people that are successful are so willing to help that's the beautiful amazing thing to me is there's so many people out there that are like yeah totally like whatever i could do to help you out sure i'm a multi-millionaire successful business owner or whatever let me do whatever i can even though i don't know you at all i'll help you out sure yeah. and there's so many people like that and we just have to be willing to put ourselves out there so well, and I think that there's there's somewhat of a formula. So like if someone messages me and says, hey, can I set up, schedule a call with you? And that's it. I probably, right. frankly, I'm going to say no. Sure. There's um, got to be something in it they, for you. Well, not no, not even necessarily something in it for me. But how do I know that that person's not trying to sell me something, right, right, right. recruit me to their brokerage, whatever it may be? I don't, There's there's not a lot of trust there. Sure. And so, but if they say, Hey, I heard you on Adam's podcast, you said this one thing, and I wanted to ask you these three questions. And then they write out their questions. I probably will get on the phone with them that afternoon. Sure. Because they took the time. And so what I often do is when someone says, Hey, I'd like to schedule a call with you. The, the response I say is great. What questions do you have? And then Adam, what do you think they respond with? Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to pick your brain or, you know, or they, or they, or they don't, don't even, know. they don't even respond. Right, right, right. They don't respond. Yeah. True. And so those are the kind of people that, I mean, kudos to them for reaching out, but frankly, they, they did it wrong. Yeah. And so there is, there is a, there is a good way to reach out to people sure. and a bad way to reach out to people. And so there does have to be some type of interest and, and respect people's time. Yeah, because sure. I think we're all we're all really busy. We're all getting our attention pulled from us from a thousand different places. But you're exactly right. If someone comes to me really genuine and and wants me to to add value to them and I know that they're the type of person that's going to take action, mm. then I gladly help you. Yeah, because I want everyone to live a really big, exciting life. Yeah, for sure. So. That's awesome. And I'm glad you said that the, a big, exciting life, because I love that term. Um, I, I am all about like dreaming big, going big, uh, going after whatever. So what does that look like? Do you, would you say if for someone who wants to live a big life or go after big dreams, what do you think is the, the one, two, three things that they need to do in order to what I call unleash your greatness or unlock the greatness within themselves. What would you say are those, those qualities that they need or, or those steps to take? Absolutely. I, I think the first one is inner perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of woo woo around self-awareness and journaling. But I think if you talk to any successful person, they will tell you that journaling is one of the best tasks and the easiest thing that you can do, you can buy the cheapest pen and the cheapest notebook yeah. and just start writing. Right. And it can be bullet points. It can be misspellings. Like if people are like, oh, I'm not really a writer. I'm like, great. Have you ever written a to-do list? Start with that. Start writing a to-do list. Start writing the things that you ate. Start writing the money that you spent. But I think that inner 
perspective and Mm -hmm. self-reflection is one of the number one things that has gotten me to where I am today. Awesome. And I think that self-awareness is absolutely key. I think that being with someone as a partner, a business partner or a friend that is self-aware creates such a more fruitful relationship. And so I think that that's one of like the products or the byproducts of journaling. Um, The second thing that I I tell people, if you're trying to go from kind of good to great is focus on the activity, not the results. So I I read a great book in 2020, James Clear Atomic Habits. Mm. And he says, you should be far more concerned with your current trajectory than your current results. And I have seen that true in my life because if I'm so obsessed with like the number on the scale or even the amount of miles that I'm running now, I'm, it's funny, I'm running in kilometers. (laughs) So I track everything in kilometers. And if I'm obsessed with those, then I start to get away from, I'm trying to be healthy. Like I'm, what's really cool is I've done a lot of hiking here in New Zealand and I've been hiking alongside really old people. I mean, we're talking like 70s. I think someone the other day was 82 years old Mm. and full transparency. They were in better shape than me. (laughs) Like they were just hiking. And I was like, okay, this is a slap in the face and a realization that I have to get healthy. Mm. Me hiking mountains and running and eating healthy has nothing to do with the way that I look or the number on the scale or the number of kilometers that I've ran. It's all about that. I want to be a healthy person because I want to be that woman in her 80s hiking that mountain. Now I want to be like James Lawrence's mother, able <laughs> yeah. to run 5k yeah. five days in a row. Like that's the kind of, that's the kind of life that I want to live. And so I'm focused on the activity. So when I'm hungry and I want to eat something bad for me, I tell myself like, would a healthy person do that? And then I grab the fruit and vegetables, mm-hmm. or I load more vegetables on my plate, or I pour a little bit less wine in my cup, whatever it is, I focus on, on the activity. And the same goes with real estate investing. So last year I wrote 11 offers on houses and I closed on zero and it was painful and it was emotional and it's frustrating. Mm. I'm still not super happy with my results of 2020, but I'm really pleased with the activity. I learned more in 2020 about real estate investing than the last 10 years combined. And I focused on, I analyzed more investment properties last year than I've ever analyzed in my entire life. And so I'm focused on the activity and not necessarily the result. And I'm confident that 2021 will be my best year yet when it comes to real estate investing, because I'm so focused on the activity. Yeah. And then my third kind of item that I think you should focus on is building wealth and not income. I think that a lot of people in our society, um, especially in the U S is that they're so focused on that raise or that promotion or feeling valued by the number on their paycheck that they stay in jobs that they're miserable in, that they find satisfaction through things at work. And at the end of the day, if they're making an extra 30,000, don't even get me started on like taxes and what your actual take home is and all that. That doesn't, that's not what this conversation is about. But if they're so obsessed with that $30,000 that they're exhausted, like when you were talking about laying tile, 
And when you went home after a long, exhausting day of work, I can almost guarantee that you weren't listening to productive podcasts, eating nourishing meals, taking care of your relationship with your wife. You were exhausted. And so I think the same thing is true when we're so obsessed with income, we really start to get away from the things that are important in our life. Whereas if we can focus on wealth, and I, I wrote down the definition of wealth because I really like this. It's yeah. it's the second definition because, um, of course, the other is a, a, a bountiful um, of possessions. Mm. But this definition is a plentiful supply of a particular desirable thing. Wow. Beautiful. So for some people that might be shoes and yep. cars or more square footage in their house. But for me, it's freedom and time. And the ability to say yes to things that I want. Yeah. And money makes those things possible. And sure. we, we can't deny that. Yeah. Um, and so I think when we focus on wealth and not income, you also start to think, how can I create passive streams of income? Because how nice is it if you start putting affiliate links on your blogs and you start making some pennies here and there when people click on your YouTube mm-hmm. channel or when they buy a book that you recommend right. or you're making money while you sleep. And let's say then you go out and next year you buy a rental property. Now you're making $500 a month profit. And then you do that again and again. Next thing you know, three years from now, you're able to say, no, you know, I actually don't want to work more hours in my job. Or you know what? That promotion actually isn't of value to me. Yeah. Yeah, true. And, And you're so right. I love that definition of wealth because wealth can be so different depending on the person, because some people, you know, just being in a, a great relationship is wealthy, right? And, and, or, sh- you know, like you say, shoes or traveling or whatever. And, and sure, money is a factor in there, but it's not everything. And I actually, going back, circling back a little bit to the four hour work week of Timothy Ferris's book, I love that in there, he says, he asked the question, what's the opposite of of happiness and most people say unhappiness but that really he says the opposite of happiness is boredom and most people are bored like you said in this life because they work they work they work they go to you know they go to a job they hate just so that they can survive just so they can bring home that paycheck or for some kind of clout that they make so much money or whatever but are they really happy and i would say that a lot of people probably aren't because they haven't really focused on creating that wealth in life or that abundance that they want. Or tying it back to number one, have they really self-reflected, is this bringing me joy? Right, right, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. I was in a sales job where it was so satisfying to close a sale and be like, woo, another 10 grand for the company. (laughs) But then I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, what what am I getting? Like, is that that bringing me joy? Because it was pretty fleeting. Like it felt really good. And then I, I'm, I'm not proud to say, but I'm definitely the type of person I really like affirmation from others. Mm, and, yeah. and I've been really working on creating affirmation and liking affirmation for myself. And so if I closed a deal, I would immediately alert my higher ups. And if they didn't quite congratulate me in the way that I thought they should, it didn't feel as good. Yeah. And it was this really sick cycle where that, that's not healthy for them. That doesn't make me a good employee. That doesn't make the, I mean, it was, it was a really negative headspace that I was in because I was trying to tie my joy to something that I shouldn't. And yeah. I only found that out through self-reflection. Yeah. 
beautiful. And yeah, since you brought that up, I, I, I did want to make a comment on the self-reflection. I agree 100% uh, about the self-reflection, how important that is. It's one thing that I've really worked on this last year and definitely something I'm going to work on even more this in 2021 because you're you're so right. Like that is so key to number one, understanding who you are and who you want to become. But two, just that self-reflection really opens your eyes and your perspective to possibilities. It gets you clear on what direction you want to go. Because if, if you're really brutally honest with yourself, which is not easy, like it's so not easy to be honest with yourself sometimes. Like, am I doing what I should be doing or um, or anything like that? That it can be really difficult to do that, that self-evaluation. But when you're able to do it and do it well and do it consistently, then you get clear on what you really want in life and what direction you want to go. And it, it's funny that you brought it that that whole thing up. What I was reminded of, my wife and I were talking this morning, and she heard a uh, a little clip by Tony Robbins, and he said, "So many people do the should list, like I should be doing this, I should be doing that." And he said, "You should all over yourself, right?" It's kind of a funny play on words, but um, what you need to say is, "What do I need to do?" And then I will do it. Instead of this, I should, I should, I should, right? Like I, I should be getting up early. I should be reading more. I should be better with my kids. I should, no, you tell yourself you do it and then you take action. And the only way you're going to know what you really want is by that self-reflection. So, yeah. well, then I focus, I focus on what happens when I wake up at 530. Um, for those listening, I don't advertise that everyone should wake up at 530, but because of my time zone, I, I do. And instead of like thinking of all the things that I have to give up in order to wake up at 530, like my, my friends invited me for like an, an after drink after dinner. And I said no last night because I knew that we'd be talking this morning and I wanted mm. to be fresh and I wanted to wake up at 530. Right. I, I look at all the things that I gain when I wake up that early. So I get an extra hour of me time. I'm, I like to really take my time. I make my coffee. I check my social media and, and I, I'm really able to have this quiet time to myself that otherwise I lose. If I wake up at six 30 or seven, I lose that time. And, and after, and because I journal, I recognize, wow, like, because I do that, I was eating a healthier breakfast because I needed to make sure I wasn't lethargic by 2 PM. So I, I'd actually decided to cut out gluten because I recognized that that was making me more tired yeah. and oh, don't even get me started on being gluten-free. It's really difficult for me and I'm not really <laughs> enjoying it, but I'm seeing the positive results from it sure. because I write it all down. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like this domino effect and there's a lot of added benefits to things that you don't re- necessarily realize. Mm-hmm. Like when I, when you start being healthier, you, you feel better you look better. And then all of a sudden you can do things with ease that maybe tired you before. For sure. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm with you. I'm an early riser. That's my time. I get up at five o'clock in the morning, most days. And that's my day to, or that's my time to get up and do my, my reading and my affirmations. And I I do try to journal. Um, I have, I actually have two different binders I get or journals. One is one strictly for writing my goals down. Kind of like you said, I, every day I have 10 goals and I write them down. I am, you know, this or I am that or, uh, you know, 
all kinds of, you know, I have 10 of them and I write those down every day and I look at them and I, I visualize what it will be like to, to have those things. And then uh, I have another journal that I just write my thoughts down. And lots of times it's, to most people, it probably seem like incoherent gibberish and, and probably I can't even read it because my I have such horrible chicken scratch handwriting. But um, yeah, the early morning reflection for me is is so powerful and it sets me up for success during my day because I'm with you. If, if for some reason I sleep in or, um, you know, I, I don't get going at my five o'clock and do my morning routine, then my day seems just off a little bit. And it just doesn't, it doesn't quite, it doesn't mean it's a bad day necessarily, but it just doesn't quite flow like I usually want it yep. to. And, uh, and isn't it incredible the power of, I just started saying I'm a morning person. Yeah. Even when I wasn't. And then I, be I became a morning person, yeah. uh, mostly out of necessity because I kept traveling in time zones that required me to be one. Mm. But it's pretty amazing. Um, can I ask, will you share one of your 10 goals that you write? I'm, I'm really curious. Yeah. So um, so one of them is, I, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, so I have many of them. So one of them is that I travel the world. That is one of them. Um, I, I write down, I travel the world. And then another one is I travel first class whenever I travel. Um, another one is I have, uh, a New York times bestselling book. I'm a, or a New York times bestselling author. I am that. So, um, you know, they just, there's so many, like I said, I have 10 of them and some of them are a little bit more personal, um, of course. Yeah, yeah. Them, no, don't share. Don't share what you don't want to. But no. I think that that's really, really cool. And they all, they, um, yeah. I, and, and, and how, how, how long have you been doing that writing the 10 a day? So I, tr I have been doing it for about, about six months now. Incredible. And I find that it is one of the most powerful ways to get what I want. Yeah. So, um, cause it really does, it, it sets you up for success and it, it, it starts, so I have, a, I, I do that in the morning and then that night I have a vision board with the same things on it. So it's a visual and then I, I write it in my journal in the morning and then at night the visual, it really starts the subconscious mind of being like, okay, what do I need to do to achieve that? And it activates uh, different parts of your brain and your physiology as you write it down. It, it activates your, because whenever you can mix uh, something physical with something mental it just it just opens you up for success so much more i think in, in my opinion and everything that i've read learned and and seen success in my life I've, I've realized that so um and that's one of the reasons why i run too is because when i run i usually put my headphones in and i either a listen to um just kind of music that i can just kind of zone out and, and reflect on my thoughts or i'll put in a podcast and just just absorb information right and so um when you're doing that in a while you're doing a something physical activity you just you activate different parts of your your mind so absolutely um, and and adam i i realize i i think i forgot probably the most important like tactic or activity to focus on yeah um so i shared my three so inner perspective self-reflection uh focus on activity not results mm build wealth, not income. And the number four is have fun. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think that we know a lot of miserable, successful people. Yeah. 
and life is meant to be lived. There's, there's this song, I can't remember what her name is, but she says in the song, you only have so many trips around the sun. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and I, and I love that because Mm -hmm. that's really a visual to me. Um, and my birthday is actually next week. I don't know when the podcast will air, but my birthday is next week. And of course I've been spending a lot of time. I love that my birthday is in January because I, I reflect back at the previous year around New Year's Eve. And then right before my birthday, I reflect again about like, okay, what did, what did 30 look like? Um, I'm turning 31 next week. (laughs) And, and I, I'm really happy to say that I've, I have a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think people feel it. Like that's one thing that people mm-hmm. say, like when, when we get off a mastermind call or I, I get text messages that say like, you seem like you're having a lot of fun. And I'm like, yeah, that's because I am yeah. like, I'm having a ball. I love what I do. I find my cool. clients to be really funny. I love seeing the investors reach their goals. I love challenging them on their limiting beliefs because yeah. it's always really easier to see someone else's limiting oh, belief yeah. than it is to see your own. <laughs> For sure. Um, <laughs> But I just, I have a lot of fun. And then the great thing is, is that because I've set up my life in this way, where, like you said, mentioned, I'm here in New Zealand. And as you can hear from my accent, I'm American. I'm from Kansas City originally, (laughs) is that when I close my computer, I have a lot of fun. And, And I think that people see discipline as a restrictive part of your life. But I actually would argue that because I'm so disciplined, it's given me so much freedom in my life Yeah, that I have built a, a reputation and even a persona around being able to work really hard and play really hard that the people that I've always worked for, because I've only been self-employed for a very brief moment and actually learned it wasn't for me. So I do work for someone yeah. and, and they trust me to get the work done because I always do. Sure. And so they're not going to question, like I had a doctor's appointment yesterday and I didn't need to ask permission to go or, or get that time off during the day. I, because I wake up at five 30, I got a bunch of my work done. And then the moment the doctor's appointment was over, I worked over my lunch break at a cafe um, because that's the type of worker that I am. And then when the day is done, I can really enjoy myself. And last night was actually really fun. I was on Instagram as I probably spend too much time on Instagram. (laughs) And I saw that a friend of mine was here in Nilsson, uh, a friend that, of course, that I've met here in New Zealand. And so I sent him a quick text like, oh, you're in Nilsson. I'm in Nilsson. And we had like an impromptu drinks with seven people. There was someone from Argentina, France. England and oh, and a couple other from Argentina. And so it was this like really fun international dinner. And, and, and I feel so lucky that that's my life. Like that was just a normal Thursday night. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, I think so there's always the saying you only live once. I don't really love that saying. My, my favorite saying is, you only, or you live every day Mm. instead. And so, yeah, have fun. Like life is meant to be good and, and enjoyable. Sure. There's going to be difficult times. We're all going to have that, but that doesn't mean that you can't smile through those times and still have a good time. So. Exactly. um, And so, so Adam, what do you do when like things seem hard? Or maybe one of your kids bring home bad news and you're just like, oh, I just, I didn't need that today. What, what do you do to focus on the good? Yeah. So 
one of the main things that I like to use is, and I know it's kind of cliche right now, but I love using um, gratitude for honing me back in. So every morning, that same journal, I write my 10 goals in. The first thing I do is I write three things I'm thankful for or grateful for. And then that's when I, after that, I write my 10 goals. And so it's kind of a twofold um, little journal that I have. But I think the gratitude opens your perspective in such a way, because so oftentimes people walk around with, you know, shutters on or blinders on and, and they can't see that there's so many beautiful things around. So yeah, my kids have have times where they come and they say, hey, this is going on or, or my wife or, you know, anything. There's a million things that could happen that can bring you down every day. When you're like, you yeah, know, 2020 what? showed us that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, as hard as 2020 was, though, I still have a house. I still have a bed, a warm bed to sleep in. And there's people that I, I understand there's people that don't have that. And there's people that did suffer a lot in 2020. But there's always something that you can be grateful for. Always. It doesn't matter. Even, you know, um, Viktor Frankl in Life's or uh, Man's Search for Meaning. You know, here he is, a uh, Jew during the Holocaust in a concentration camp in probably worst conditions you can possibly imagine, where he could be basically just someone, he looks at the wrong guard at the wrong moment, and that guard could shoot him at any second. You know, his life threatened every day, all the time, and he survived that. And he looks back and says, you know what, we would be out there in the frozen forest digging a trench in the frozen dirt at five o'clock in the morning and the sun would come up and it was beautiful. And you just, you've got to take those moments where you can stop and say, you know what? The sun is rising still and there's still beauty in the world. It's a beautiful world. I mean, you know, more than anybody with as many places as you have visited the world is so beautiful and there's so many amazing things and sights and just natural, uh, beautiful places to visit and see. And I've only, you know, seen a fraction of probably what you've seen. And I actually, I want to ask you that before we end what your favorite place is. It might be hard for you to answer, but there's just so many amazing places and amazing things in the world. And there's always something to be grateful for. And what's, what's so interesting, Adam, is when you say that you're, you're right. I have, I have seen some things that people can only dream of right yet or i said i should say and (laughs) the people the people Mm. is what's so beautiful yeah i meet the most incredible people all of the time yeah that just have these incredible stories and that is why i love traveling and that's why this year or i should say 2020 was really eye-opening because I didn't get to add another country to my list. I didn't get to visit somewhere I've never visited because I've actually been to New Zealand before. Right. Um, but it wasn't about that. It was, I met some incredible people with some incredible stories, yeah. especially all of us now. It's so fun. All of us that have been here because it's now January and I got here in March for 2020, four days before the borders closed. Wow. So any traveler that I meet, they've been here for at least a year. Maybe they came in right in March when I, when I got here, but everyone's been here a year and we've all made a decision intentionally because there are flights leaving New Zealand. We could leave, but if we leave, we can't come back. So all of us have made a decision to stay here 
and we've sacrificed things. We've given up things. New Zealand's really expensive. So I'm not living a level of lifestyle that I'm happy with. Um, but, but I'm living a level of lifestyle that I am happy with because it's COVID free and I'm able to have an impromptu dinner with my friends like last night and have meaningful conversations with people from all walks of life. Yeah. Um, it was really, it was really a great conversation last night. Um, funny enough about building wealth. Um, and one of the girls really brought to our attention just how privileged we are. Um, three of them are from Argentina, which Argentina has some really big struggles economically and politically. Right. And she just really brought to my attention that the conversation that we were having applies to us sitting at that table because we're all lucky enough to be here in New Zealand, mm-hmm. but it doesn't apply to very many people outside of that bubble or, or in South America or all any, really any country that's struggling, which sure. is a lot of countries yeah. in this day and age. Yeah. Um, I, I spoke to someone yesterday who talked to her mom. She's from a small village in England, which is funny. That means town village makes it sound so funny, <laughs> but that's an English word. Yeah. And uh, it's from a small town in England and her mom's really big in the church and the church is opening up so that people can come to take a shower and it's not necessarily because they're homeless but maybe their water bills turned off Mm. or maybe they are sleeping in their van and i think the media is so focused on some of these really big polarizing issues that we're not talking about the people and and so i i think exactly what you're saying to the point of the survivor of the holocaust is that there is so much bad in the world and we're constantly reminded of it constantly. Yeah. But if we can focus on the tiny good things and for me, focus on the people, then the world can be really filled with a lot of joy, even in in hard times, which I I think we can easily say that this is one of the hardest times that our history has seen, at least in my lifetime. Sure. Um, every day I feel like I'm just inundated with bad news. Yeah. And so I try really hard to focus on the good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. And in that focusing on the good is such a powerful shift in mindset and perspective. Cause it, it really does open your mindset or your perspective up and takes those, those um, side blinders off and allows you to see like, yeah, that sucked. But it could be worse because it, it can always be worse. Like yeah. for that person who's sleeping in their van, they could be sleeping on the concrete, right? They could be. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, and I'm not trying to discount that people have hard things going on right now, but there's always something to be grateful for or to look at and say, yeah, this is not ideal, but it can be worse. Yeah. You could be well, on your and deathbed. I think, it's, I think it's important for us to look for those people that need help. Yeah. Like when my sure. friend Absolutely. told me about her mom's church that's helping people, I'm like, why, what can I do? Because mm. like the media is not talking about that. Right. They're busy talking about Boris Johnson and what next ridiculous thing he said. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not talking about the people in this small town, like opening their doors to people in need. No, and yeah. that's what we should be talking about. Yeah. And so, so I, I, I'm, inc- I'm incredibly grateful for the people that I've met in my journey, because I think they've brought a, to the to light the privilege that a lot of us have. Yeah. And my hope is to turn around and use that for something really good. Yeah. Awesome. I think you are. I think you're doing an amazing job. And just the fact that you 
are sharing your light with other people and and just being who you are is is amazing and going out and and sharing your message of go go big right go and go and live the life that you want and and so powerful because so many people are scared to do that to be who they feel that they are meant to be and or or want to be and yeah i so. i think and, and one thing i think especially with this like you know looming birthday happening and and being 31 and i'm single i i like <laughs> i love there's a book coming out by the angry therapist if you follow him on instagram he's quite funny <laughs> and his book is called single on purpose and when I first saw that, I was like, well, I don't know if I'm single on purpose. It just kind of happened. Um, but then I started thinking about like the life because I am very intentional with what I do. Sure. And I started to really think that, you know what? Like, I do think that I've, I've intentionally put myself where I am today and I'm not ashamed of it. I think that being from Kansas, there's a lot of religious people who, who tell you that, well, you should be married by 30. Like, why don't you have a husband and kids by this age? And I think the gift that traveling has given me is that like people living on the coast, even let alone in other countries, that's not their expectation. They're like, no, no, no. Like you can be 35, like you can be 40. You could, you could frankly never get married and you can live a really, really big, exciting life. And so I think it's really exciting with this coming up birthday. I think some of my friends saw 30 as like this, like doomsday, but I celebrated in Bali with new friends. And I was excited because I was like, look at my twenties. Like I did all of these really cool things that I think 16 year old Sarah would have never dreamed possible. Like I really, I was excited to even go to college or even get a job or be able to afford a car. There's no way that 16 year old Sarah would have expected half of the things that I was able to accomplish in my twenties. And I think she'd be really proud of the person that I am as I turn 31. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, and try being 42, which is what I just turned this last December, but, um, (laughs) no, that, that's, that's a beautiful, uh, um, perspective to have for sure. And to, you know, what an amazing life that you're living and going out and just being what you want to be and who you want to, or where you want to go is, is so empowering. And I, I really hope that a lot of people who listen or watch this will take some, some hard look at their life and say, what do I really want? And then decide to take action towards what they want. Cause that's what it's really all about at the end of the day. Cause you're right. There's some people that traveling, my parents, we like the furthest we ever traveled. We, we, I grew up in Utah and we would go to like California. That was like the furthest we ever went and they have no desire to travel they had no desire to go very far. They like, you want me to go to Europe? No, thank you. Like they have no desire whatsoever where me and my wife on the other hand, were like, we want to go all over the world. So it, it's different for everybody, but that doesn't mean that they still can't have dreams and goals and things that they want to go after and, and accomplish and do. So, uh, it's and I been, think the world of social media, I think, puts pressure on some of my friends to have a really nicely decorated house yeah. to have the most beautiful baby shower. And like your birthday party has to have all of these things 
to make it a good party because it's all going to be posted on social media and your friend's expectations are here. So you need to do this, this, and this. And I think it's really important to, to, does that rug like really bring you joy or are you buying it because you feel like you have to, Yeah. or, and, and even with travel, like I have some friends that go on these elaborate vacations, like all inclusive resorts, Mm. whereas they probably would have been just as happy spending a third of the money on like a cabin nearby their home. And so I think just me and, and other people, they, that rug does bring them joy and that sure. resort brings, so do those things, but just make sure you're doing the things that you like. Don't do right. things because other people are expecting you to, or you think that people expect you to. Yeah, for sure. Agree a hundred percent. Do what makes you happy and, and brings joy. We don't need to compare ourselves to what everybody else thinks we need to be at. I heard a saying that says other people's opinion is none of your business. And I've tried to live that philosophy this last uh, year or two because really what other people think of me really is none of my business. I don't, it shouldn't matter as long as I'm doing what I feel is within me and within my power to make me happy, then that's okay. That's good. Exactly. I I know that some people like look at what I do and they're like, oh, that sounds awful (laughs) or they feel pity or that I'm missing something that they have. And, and frankly, that doesn't have any effect on me because I'm really happy with what I have and what I've done for sure. And I'm happy for them. Like what they do makes them happy, but would make me miserable. Absolutely. (laughs) And so, and so everybody's just focus on your own lane. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, the last question for you is what is the coolest place you've been to so far? I really want to know <laughs> Ooh, what's your favorite. Coolest, and I know that's going to be coolest. hard. I'm sure you have so many amazing places that you love. But so many, I guess I'm at it. Like, what are you into? Do you like give, do you want to hear about food, nature, history? Give me like a category. Oh, God, that's a loaded question. Cause I love all of it. Honestly, I'm, <laughs> I love history. I, I love food. I'm such a, I'm not a food snob, but I, I love the, you know, the little diner that's a dive that has amazing, you know, uh, biscuits and gravy, as well as like the, the amazing restaurant that has, you know, great, uh, you know, crab or whatever. Right. Like I, I'm such a versatile, uh, food, I guess I'm not a, I'm not a food snob, but I love lots of, I love trying new things. So I, I guess when it comes down to it, I just love seeing cool places that just is like, if you were to, uh, take a picture of it and just post that picture without any, uh, you know, filters or touch up or anything like that. And people would be like, Holy cow, that is the most amazing place ever. Like, I love that. So yeah. Okay. So then, yeah, I can think, I can think of a couple places. So I'll just, I'll name off some places. So I think, uh, Bagan, Myanmar. So there's these pagodas that you can, I don't think you can climb up them anymore, but when I visited, you could climb up them barefoot and you could watch the sunrise and taking a hot air balloon ride was what a lot of tourists did. I was on a budget, so I couldn't afford that. But what made it so beautiful is that you had all these hot air balloons out in the distance Mm. as the sun was rising and you're sitting on this pagoda that my history is not suiting me very well. I don't know what year it was made, so I don't want to say, but (laughs) you're sitting on something that was made with people's hands and you're just like, 
wow, like think of all of the other feet that have touched these stones as I'm climbing up on them and you're watching the hot air balloons. And I just think that was one of these like pinch me moments of how is this my life? Like, how did I get here? Like, how am I sitting barefoot on a pagoda in Myanmar watching the sunrise? And so I, I definitely, yeah, that, that place definitely has a special place in my heart. Very cool. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I remember uh, we went about four four years ago, uh, four or five years ago, my wife and oldest daughter, we went over to Austria and Germany and Switzerland, and we went up into the Austrian Alps, and I remember just looking out and taking pictures of, like, the, the Alps and the green, you know, how green it was and beautiful, and, like, yeah, this is exactly what I see on the sound of music, the the show, the movie, and it, it literally is that beautiful. And it just blew me away at how gorgeous it was and green and just, so I, I love stuff like that. So that's awesome. Thank yeah. you for sharing And, and somewhere, that. somewhere a little closer to home I, I can mention is um, Puerto Escondido, Mexico. Mm. It's this little surf town and oh, shout wow. out to my friend Pepe who owns an Airbnb that is just incredible and then you have to eat at pepe's tacos a a different pepe um (laughs) and they i think were some of the best tacos i've ever had and then you can go and you can sit on the beach and watch the surfers and have a beer and just i think that that's one of the places where i learned to relax cool because that's something that i'm sure you struggle with as well as high achieving people it's really hard for us to like turn off yeah for sure and i i'm really happy that that puerto escondido was a place where i really learned to just like okay i'm just here i don't need to do anything i don't need to check my phone i don't need to worry about responding to a client i can just be yeah and that was really really special so shout out to pepe (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful amazing um i Really appreciate your time. Do you have any last uh, words of wisdom or comments that you want to leave with anybody listening? Yeah, I think just everyone, like, what is your big, exciting life look like? Hmm. Um, because we, we only get so many trips around the sun. Yeah, very true. Beautiful. So, um, Sarah, where can people find you if they want to connect? Where can we send people who want to learn more about what you do or just get inspired by your life, your, I'm sure pictures and and everything that you have, where can they find you? Absolutely. So Sarah D Weaver. So S A R A H D Weaver, um, dot com sarah d weaver at gmail sarah d weaver on instagram because sarah weaver is such a common name if they type <laughs> in sarah d weaver all one word on facebook um but yeah i, I love it when people cool. reach out i i awesome. think that it's really inspiring to hear everyone's journey and everyone wanting to live a big exciting life and so if someone listening has any questions like definitely reach out it's nice to hear from you very cool and i'll be sure to put those same links in the the description of this podcast and on YouTube so that they can also find you. So, so amazing talking with you, Sarah. I, I just, I'm blown away by the life you're living and it sounds amazing. I hope to visit even half the places that you've been to. I'll never catch up. I'm sure. But, um, cause you'll keep going to more places than I'll be able to, to probably do. And well, yeah, it's awesome. So, Uh, But thank you again so much for being on. It's been a pleasure having you. And everybody, go uh, 
follow her on Instagram, find her if you have questions, reach out to her. And again, thanks so much, Sarah. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Adam. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate you listening. I hope you found value. And if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and tag me at Arise to Connect and give me a shout out. I I love hearing the comments and what you think about the, the episodes and what you learned and why I've got you here. If you're ready to take your life to the next level, then I've got a workbook called Mindset for Success because 80% of our success is based on our mindset. The other the other 20% is pretty good effort taking action. 80% you've got to have the right mindset to have true success in life. And this workbook is set up to help you set yourself up for greater achievement and success. So it's a it's a digital download. You can find it at arise to connect.com slash mindset for success. And go grab your free copy today and I look forward to seeing you in future episodes.